Timothy chapter number 2, uh, 1 Timothy chapter number 2, and we'll be on page 41, page 41, and if anyone needs one, holler now, or we're going to just go without it, all right? Anybody else? All right, here you go. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 2, page 41 in the book, just different random issues of life. Pastor Clarence Sexton put this book together 15 years ago, and I just like to use the book as a springboard for the different topics, and this one's just very random topics, and we usually do it in Sunday school. What is the importance of modesty and identity? Do we have a modesty problem in our country? I heard some chuckling. Do we have an identity problem, a gender identity problem in our country? All right, so... 1 Timothy chapter 2, and of course, the Bible tells us also that in the last days perilous times shall come in 2 Timothy. But in 1 Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to read verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. They come into the knowledge of the truth. God wants everyone to get saved. He knows that not everyone will because he's God, but he wants everyone to. Verse 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ, and I lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up, holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner also that women also, uh, women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety and not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Uh, we'll stop with that. Um, verse 11 is another topic for another time. Let's pray and we'll go on. Lord, we thank you for our opportunity again to meet tonight and we realize because of the weather some couldn't, possibly have couldn't have come because of that and sickness but we thank you uh that you uh are here and we are here and we're able to meet together and to open the word help us to hear from your word we ask in jesus name amen we read about this word modest apparel and uh god's word speaks of modesty but it also speaks of identity and so those two words that that i mentioned earlier modesty and identity they are so important to understand and they're so simple to understand when you understand the two words together it will just help you to think straight about a lot of things back in genesis chapter number 21 excuse me genesis chapter 1 verse 27 the bible says that god created the man male and female created he them and so we have two genders uh some will tell us that we now have five uh no we still have two they might have three extras, but we still have two, all right? And God's word gives us male and female. Jesus backed that up when he said, don't you know that in the beginning he made them male and female? And, uh, and, and he talked about marriage. God invented marriage. By the way, I think it was yesterday that Joe Biden with drag queen standing next to him signed the Disrespect for Marriage Act. This is going to be a big, big, big deal in the future. All right, and uh, we'll not get off on that too much tonight because that's next week's topic. All right, uh, concerning uh, homosexuality, uh, but homo meaning same, and there is there is no such thing. God did not make that, and so we understand that the importance of both modesty and identity. The subjects then 
go together like two sides of a coin. Now also, I want to, since I'm talking about Genesis, I want to mention chapter 3. Because in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sinned for the first time. And when they sinned, they did something right away. What was it that they did? They covered themselves because they knew that they were naked. And, and not just physically, but they just knew that they were exposed, that they were, there was something wrong with them, and they needed covering. And so what did they cover themselves with? Does anybody know? They, they made aprons, the Bible says, out of fig leaves. And so they covered themselves with aprons, uh, and, and, and that's how they covered themselves. Now, what is the problem with that? Number one, they didn't cover enough. Number two, they used something that was going to shrivel up and fall apart real soon. They didn't realize that because it never happened before probably. So what did God do? When God talked to them at the end of Genesis chapter 3, did he say, oh, those are pretty good looking aprons. You did a good job. What did, no, God killed something and used the skins and made them, not aprons, coats. Coats cover more than just aprons. You know, you wear a house coat or, you know, what you call a bathrobe or a house coat. That's, that's shoulders all the way down to past needs all right and so god made them something that was more than just aprons all right so just just to point that out to you and to cause you to think a little bit man has an idea of covering god's got a different idea of covering modesty means behaving according to a standard of what is proper or decent and pure especially not displaying one's body now i want you to understand especially that last part not Not, I have that underlined in my book, not displaying one's body. Guess what the whole agenda of clothing industry is today? Displaying one's body. Let me say it again in case you don't understand it. The entire agenda of the clothing industry today is to display one's body. Modesty is not displaying one's body. Now, How many of you, I, I, I apologize for painting terrible thoughts into your head and the painting pictures into your mind, but how many of you would stick around if I preached tonight's message in my underwear? Let me just say it this way. How many of you would appreciate it if I wore skinny jeans, skinny pants? Did you know that's, did you know pastorettes, I mean pastors, are wearing skinny jeans in, in their pulpit now? They're getting rid of their pulpit and they're just standing on some stage, maybe sitting on a bar stool, and they're wearing skinny jeans, tight jeans, all right? It's disgusting. I, I, I stand by, behind somebody in 7-Eleven, uh, Common Sense, whatever they call it, and uh, years ago, and I'm like, uh, it, it was, it was this, this young guy, young teenage kid, and, and it's like, what did you do? You must have like, got on top of your dresser and jumped down into those things, you know? And, and why? What, what is up with that? Now, I, I always wear baggy jeans, always have. Part of the reason is I'm fat, and so baggy jeans feel better, all right? The second reason, though, is I don't know. I don't want people to see. Listen, I mentioned fat. It doesn't matter if you're fat or skinny. Everybody's wearing tight clothing today, all right? It's like everybody's supposed to reveal their body. Again, I hope this illustrates the point, but if I were to take a light bulb and I were to take one of my dress socks, which are really kind of tight-knit, you know, kind of almost like like hose, you know, if I were to take one of my dress socks and I were to pull it over a light bulb, I could technically say that I covered the light bulb. The light bulb's covered. However, 
you can still see the shape of the light bulb. Now, we laugh about the guys in their skinny jeans, but you know what happened before guys started wearing skinny jeans? Hello. Women started wearing tight jeans. Why? Because it displays your body. That's the industry. That's the mindset. That's what sells. You've heard the expression. I'm sorry to have to say it in the pulpit. Sex sells. There's no reason to have a babe next to a car. You're not buying the babe. You're buying the car. But the babe helps to sell the car or the cereal or whatever it is they're trying to sell you. And it's all about revealing the body. That is the opposite of modesty, okay? The whole purpose of God saying, no, 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 aprons, nice try. We're going to make you coats. It's because of the covering that the coat would do versus the apron. Some people have a problem with modesty. They do not dress in an orderly, decent, and pure way. In fact, we live in a nation that is undressing in public. Now, let me stop and say something before I go too much farther. Many, 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 many people have never even considered what I'm talking about tonight. I am not accusing people in this room or even people outside this room of purposely trying to do what I'm talking about tonight. I'm just saying it's what we do because we're just sheep. That's our human nature to just do what everybody's doing. I mean, most people probably, well, pastor, that's all they sell at the store today. What am I supposed to do? Well, if you dig around, you can find better choices. The good news is the reuse it shops and the goodwill shops have all this other kind of clothing that's cheaper because it's not in style, but it's more modest for sure. It'll help you. And uh, I, I would encourage that. But the box here says modesty is based on the idea that God has an order for all things. Did you know God has an order? In fact, the Bible says, let all things be done, 1 Corinthians 14, 40, in decency and in order because God is not the author of confusion. And we know that is why everything is made today stretchy tidy. It's as if we're just taking a a sock and, and stretching it over ourselves and calling it covering. And it's not. And as human nature is, we don't think too much. We just do what everybody else is doing without getting off on too big of a rabbit trail and without trying to pick on anyone in the school system. It's just funny how that we had yesterday off when we really didn't have that bad of weather here. They had it everywhere else but here. Now, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not saying it was a terrible decision. It really doesn't mean a thing to me, really. But it used to be, and somebody earlier said, Pastor, I used to walk to school every day of my life. What in the world? Well, you know, we live in a different world, don't we? <clears throat> um, and tonight they are having L&I up in Rapid City. It's supposed to be that Wednesday nights. They don't do that. Why does it happen, though? Because as sheep, we just do what everybody's doing and nobody questions anything. We just do what everybody's doing. And speaking of school, do you know what schools do? They follow each other around. Watch a school of fish. They all do the exact, that's why they're called a school. And what happens is, as a society, we just do what every other sheep's doing. 
I, I, played, I played this video before COVID ever hit. A few years before COVID hit, I played the video of the person sitting in the waiting room at the doctor's office. And four other people were in there and they had this camera, hidden camera, and they had this alarm and they would go, and they'd hit this button and the other four people would stand up. They were in on it. But the new person who was in the waiting room didn't know anything about it. And they're like, and then five minutes later, and they all stood up. And 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 the video is showing the person that doesn't, is not in on the joke. And they're like, so about the third or fourth time, they stood up with them. And then another new person came in at the doctor. You can watch this on YouTube. Another person came in the waiting room and pretty soon they're like, and they're like, what is, I don't know. I just got here a few minutes ago. And, they, and so pretty soon they're all, and then pretty soon the original four got called into the doctor. And now the entire group of people that are doing it don't even know why they're doing it. It's for real. I showed it in church. How many remember that? I showed that in church before COVID. So when COVID happened, it wasn't like, oh, I can't believe people are acting like this. Are you kidding? It's what we do. We're just, we're sheep. That's why God called us sheep. Because that's exactly what sheep do. When it comes to this subject, now I mentioned school. Where do most kids go day after day after day? They're usually going to a school and they're seeing everyone else. And pretty soon you just don't think anymore. Everybody's doing it. The only ones then that stick out are the ones that aren't. And so as we talk about modesty and identity, we need to think. We need to think, what does God want? Because God's got an opinion. He had an opinion for Adam and Eve that day. And he's got an opinion for all of us as to what he wants us to do. It would have been wonderful if Robert Bork had been able to have been on the Supreme Court. He wrote a book called Slouching Towards Gomorrah. That's why he couldn't be on the Supreme Court. (laughs) Because he knew America was slouching towards Gomorrah. We must also consider identity. There should be no problem recognizing a person for his or her identity. Men should look and dress like men and ladies should look and dress like ladies. We should clothe ourselves modestly and keep our identity at the same time. This is God's design for our lives. And so we see four points as we look at these pages, 42 and 43. God has set a high holy standard for his people. In Leviticus chapter 18, I'm going to read this real fast, but I'm going to read all of it. Leviticus chapter 18, I want to read it because I think it's important. And it's one of those chapters that young people and old people alike need to understand this. Leviticus 18, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, I am the Lord your God after the doings of the land of Egypt wherein you dwelt, you shall not do. So apparently Egypt was doing this. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whether I bring you, you shall not do. You shall you not do. That, that, so, so both Egypt and where they're going were doing this. Neither shall you walk in their ordinances. You shall not, you shall do my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk there. And I am the Lord, your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments. And which if a man do, he, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. None of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him to uncover their nakedness. I am the Lord. The nakedness of thy father or the nakedness of thy mother shalt thou not uncover. She is thy mother. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. When you're old enough to understand and think, you ought not be seeing your father or your mother naked. 
And vice versa, if you're a parent, your, your children ought not be seeing you naked. I, I shudder to think how many people violate that. I know some do. Verse 8, the nakedness of thy father's wife shalt thou not uncover, in case he gets remarried or something. It is thy father's nakedness, the nakedness of thy sister, the daughter of thy father, or the daughter of thy mother, whether she be born at home or born abroad, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover. The nakedness of thy son's daughter or of thy daughter's daughter, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover, for theirs is thine own nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife's daughter, begotten of thy father, she is thy sister, thou shalt not uncover her nakedness, thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's sister, she is thy father's near kinswoman, thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy mother's sister, for she is thy mother's near kinswoman, thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's brother, thou shalt not approach to his wife, she is thine aunt, <coughs> aunt, thou shalt not uncover the nakedness nakedness of thy daughter-in-law she is thy son's wife thou shalt not uncover her nakedness thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy brother's wife it is thy brother's nakedness thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy of a woman and her daughter thou, neither shalt thou take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness for they are near kinswoman it is a wickedness neither shalt thou take to wife to her sister to vex her to uncover her nakedness beside the other in her lifetime also thou shalt not approach unto a woman to uncover their nakedness as long as she is put apart for her uncle- from her uncleanness. Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. Thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Molech. Neither shalt thou profane the name of the Lord thy God. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down there unto it is confusion. Defile not yourselves in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. And the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereupon, thereof upon it. And the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. God made creation to be disgusted with this type of behavior to the point that it would vomit them out. Verse 22 Mankind with womankind. We'll talk about that next week. Bestiality, verse 23. Did you know at one time America had laws against what they call buggery? And buggery was filthy relations. Beast, sodomy, and polygamy. This is, this is what God's attitude is towards it. And then chapter 19, verse 1, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the children of all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. See, after nakedness, every sexual bearer is broken down and anything goes. After nakedness, there's really not much left. There's not many rules left to break. As a matter of fact, someone named Madonna, and I know many in here have heard of Madonna. Madonna said, and I'll paraphrase it, but I could quote it. It's in my office. We've broken all the rules. There are no more rules left to break. All we can do now is make new rules and then break them. This is a lot of the song and music industry, but it's not just that. Of course, we have pornography, and we don't just have it in the magazines. We have it on the TV. And after nakedness, every other barrier is broken down, and anything goes. So let me read this and we'll keep going. God has high holy standards for his people because his people are to be a witness to others. We're to be a testimony. 
Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Our standard is not the world's standard. There must be people in this generation who will say, we are God's people, and God has set a holy standard for us. We are not pleasing God by being just a little better than the world. And that is exactly what most Christians are doing today. Most Christians are just staying a little bit better than the world. Daniel, come here for a minute. Daniel, stand right here. Daniel is the world. I mean, just look at him. You can tell he's the world. Daniel, you just keep getting more worldly. You just go left and you just keep moving. Slow, slow down, not too fast. Now, as Daniel gets more worldly, I start to look more odd. So what I do then is I move a little, cause, because I, wanna, I don't want to be too weird. So then Daniel keeps drifting because Daniel gets more worldly. See, we are more worldly today. So then Christians keep sliding. Daniel, keep going. And so what was, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it in a minute, but in the 1970s, I think it was 1960, late 60s, 70s, I have a, a, a newspaper article where police said, we believe that the miniskirt has resulted in a huge increase in rape. But you know why that's a laughable news story today? Because now the Christians are wearing the miniskirts. See, the truth is, the world has gotten so bad and the church people have tried to keep up with the world that now I'm further on than where Daniel started when this whole illustration started. And guess what? Most churches and most Christians look more worldly than the world looked 50 or 100 years ago. Thank you, sir. You can have a seat. I got this old newspaper clipping. I found it in 1998. Uh, 24 years old now. I'm not even sure if Caleb was born when I ripped this out. It was a picture. It's Black Hills Journal. <clears throat> Black Hills Journal. Not Rapid City. The Black Hills Journal. And it was just a picture of Evans Plunge. It was a picture of people swimming at Evans. If you've ever been to Evans Plunge, they've got some old black and white photos of people who've been to, you know, and those people in those black and white photos at Evans Plunge look like what we would see people wearing to church. And they were swimming. That was their swimwear. Today we laugh at that, but see, they had a different understanding of modesty because even the world had more modesty than us Christians have today. And so here's that article out of the uh, Ludington Daily News in April of 1970. Police believe the miniskirt has contributed to crime. Now, the reason why that's laughable today, it's not laughable, but the reason why most people roll their eyes like, oh, come on, that's not the... The reason why that sounds unbelievable is because we are so desensitized to immodesty that that no longer turns on people. In other words, if I were to say that today, I would be laughed at because today that by itself wouldn't, why? Because today most kids every day at school see a miniskirt or legs or short shorts. I, my daughter played volleyball here in town but she did not wear what the volleyball players wear. And you will never convince me that 
these short shorts enhance your volleyball playing. I, I call it black underwear. It's hardly anything different than just what we would wear for underwear. They're not doing it because it makes them better volleyball players. They look, let's just say the word, the world's word. They look sexy. They look appealing to the natural. And it didn't start that way. I promise you your grandmother wasn't playing volleyball like that. But that's where we're at. And so our daughter played volleyball, but she wore a different, a different type of bottom with her uniform. And it might have turned eye or rolled people's eyes and, and, and whatever, but there was a respect there and there was an understanding there. And I don't know that there was any young man in the public school that would be seen publicly wanting to ask her out for a date, but in private there were young men that talked to Hannah very differently. They respected her and actually admired. Why? Well, after, she's the one that sticks out. It's funny how girls all want to be noticed so they look like everyone else. It's not how to work. It's funny how it is, but that's how it, you know, we don't need to do that. Now, I'm not trying to be noticed and I'm not wanting my daughter to be noticed and that certainly what wasn't the reason for it. We're not just trying to make a statement. No, sir. It's just a personal thing between us and God And thankfully, praise God by the grace of God and praise God for it, it is now Hannah's personal desire to do that and not just her parents. Living the Christian life must start in the heart, see, with our devotion to Jesus Christ. Nothing we do outwardly makes us spiritual. Not for one minute do I think that wearing something on the outside makes you a better Christian. However, and I hope you hear me correctly, what's on the inside will affect what what you look like on the outside. Again, there are people who are ignorant. They've never been taught this. And so those type of people, when they hear it, their inside says, hey, I want to change some things. And so their inside, being right with God, starts to change their outside. I do not judge every Christian as being immediately immodest in their heart simply because of what they wear on the outside. Because I think there's some people who outwardly may not do the right thing but inwardly, their heart is right. But once they hear truth and hear learning and see it exemplified through maybe the pastor's family or someone else, they say, that's what I want. And their outside then starts to conform just like their inside is. So I'll be careful never to just <clears throat> stereotype <clears throat> or say that the outside automatically decides what you are. That's not right. Secondly, God makes a separation of the sexes. Turn with me in Deuteronomy chapter 22. Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse number 5. Here's what it says. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord. There are a lot of random things in that chapter. Some things that are no longer something for us. It's not part of uh, God's design for us in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament law, these were things that they needed to understand. However, identity between the sexes, identity between man and woman, gender, is not just Old Testament. 
Because in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, did you know it's a shame for a man to have long hair? Why? Because a man's hair was expected to be short. A woman's hair was expected to be longer. There is no difference between men's hair and women's hair other than the length of it. Men's hair and women's hair are very, very, so, so obviously it was talking about the length. And when you read Revelation, it mentions something about these evil spirits having like women's hair, meaning long hair. I mentioned the music industry a while ago. The Beatles, when they started, they looked just like I do tonight. I think on the, uh, what was that show they were on? I can't remember the guy's name. Ed Sullivan. They're on the Ed Sullivan show and they had ties and suit coats on. What did the Beatles look like when they split up? Hippie. Long hair. They had a lot more problems with just long hair. But the point is, is that it's a rebellion against our maker to not look what he designed us to be. You ever been grossed out because you happen to notice a beautiful blonde and you look closer and she turned around and she had a mustache? Oh, it's a guy! <laughs> <laughs> God says there is a difference between man and woman. A man is not to dress like a woman and a woman is not to dress like a man. Something is wrong in a world where one cannot identify men from women. God's people must realize that the Lord had made, has made a separation of the sexes. This is a God thing. This is a, this is a creation thing. This is what God did. Now, we're talking about two things at the same time. We're talking about modesty and identity. So, How can we prove and how can we make sure that everybody knows that we are a guy or we are a girl? Well, the easiest thing to do is to walk around naked. Because if you walk around naked, everybody will know, hey, that's a guy. (laughs) That's a girl. (laughs) But why can't we do that? Because the other side of the coin is modesty. See the the two sides now fit together. So we can't go naked. Although that would certainly that would certainly maintain the identity. So we have to wear clothing. But if all that clothing does is accentuate our bodies, then we're still not practicing the modesty side of it, which is what I said earlier. Today's clothing is all about pointing out the body. There's something called the sexual zones in your body. There's something that that the designers of clothing understand. And if you think about it, you realize how true it is. There are certain parts of our body that are certainly male and certainly female. And it just so happens, what a coincidence, it just so happens that the designers make sure that those are the parts that get accentuated. For instance, I don't think God really cares what your shoes look like. Because your feet aren't a sexual zone. But there are other parts of your body that accentuate and reveal. I mentioned this a while ago, and I don't want to do it in front of you, but if I wore tight pants, you know, some of these preachers with their tight jeans, guess what else they're doing? They're wearing these suit, the suit coats now are short. Did you know that the, if you go buy a suit, talk to my boys, you go try to buy a suit jacket, they're, they're, they're selling you a shirt. Now, 
What is that doing? It's lifting the covering up above the loins. Tight. What's, what are they doing? It's disgusting. Look at the old suit coats. Mine's kind of short compared to the ones they were wearing 100 years ago. The whole idea of it being a coat, not a jacket. And we, we lose all that. In Exodus chapter 28, Exodus chapter 28, there's, a, there's a, a list of things for the priests. In Exodus 28 and verse number 42, it talks about Aaron and the sons of Aaron, the priests, and it says in Exodus 28, Exodus 28, I'm sorry, I might have said that wrong. Exodus 28 and 42, and thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness. From the loins even unto the thighs they shall reach they shall be upon Aaron and upon his sons. Now, that, that word breaches is also in chapter 39, 28. It's also in Leviticus 6, verse 10. It's also in Leviticus 16, verse 4. It's also in Ezekiel 44, verse 18. The idea of breaches are the same thing as drawers. In fact, the old southern word is breeches. You'll never find the word being designated to a woman just the men. If you read Job chapter 38 and chapter 40, God says to Job, gird up your loins like a man. But the Bible never says, gird up your loins like a woman. What does that mean? Because some people will say, well, they both wore robes in the Old Testament. Listen, they might have wore something similar on the outside, but they, the men had breeches, the women did not. And the men, if they were fighting, they were bare-legged and they would take whatever was hanging down and they would tie it up around them in a knot and that was girding up their loins so they could run faster and fight and do more. Never did the Bible tell the women to gird up their loins like a man. Like a man is in, is in there. And so God expected men and women to wear different clothing. Now, I'm thankful for these universal symbols that you see, and we happen to have some on our bathroom doors. Universal symbols. Even if you can't read English, the stick figure tells you which one belongs to you. Everybody following me? That's, a, that, that's actually a biblical concept. And I know most of you have heard this, although it's an expression that is going away today. You can tell who wears the in that family, right? Because that was a reference to the man, the head of the home. And I am, I am not trying to be uglier and kind. I'm just saying we've lost that. The drifting has taken place. We don't even think that way anymore. But you never hear someone say, well, you can tell who wears the boots in that family. Because the boots don't distinct, there's no identity distinctive there. Years ago, someone that is in heaven today, someone that Delmer and Janie know, was a secretary in a school where I was a janitor. And they had, you know how schools have dress-up days and do weird stuff days? And this happened in Custer just recently. This same thing happened in Custer a few uh, months ago, I think during Halloween. But one young man in 7th or 8th grade 
stepped out with hose and high heels and a pink dress and gloves and a pink purse and walked into the school where I was at. And rightly so, rightly so, this old-fashioned ranch lady who worked as the secretary at the school, I'm just standing there going, I'm just staring. You know, we're all, and she's, oh, oh, that's horrible. They shouldn't allow that. Oh, oh, that's disgusting. Now, I'm not trying to be unkind. And I didn't say anything because it wouldn't have helped. But I'm saying it to you. That, and she's a godly lady. She's in heaven. I know she's in heaven. She was wearing pants when she said it. I, I love everybody in this room. I hope I'm not offending you. I just hope I'm teaching you. That's all I want to do is teach you. But let's be honest. Before guys started wearing the wrong clothes, we had ladies wearing the wrong clothes. And you can't argue with them if they say, well, if they can do it, why can't I do it? That's a good question. Now, I asked you about me preaching in underwear. If I had showed up tonight in a dress, there'd be people in here, well, you'd have just got up and left. You'd have just got up and left. And I would have not blamed you. This is the first generation of Christians that will dress so immodestly and yet dare to call themselves Christian. We need to recognize, we need to recognize that God does expect the two things at the same time, modesty and distinction. Can we just wear tight clothes and say, well, obviously I'm revealing, so obviously I'm showing my gender. Yeah, but, but, but you are identifying, but you're not modest. And we got a lot of people who are conservative and some conservative Christians, and they're so disgusted with the identity problem that's going on. But the problem is, is that they don't realize the modesty issue that they have. And before we had an identity crisis in our country, we had a modesty problem. There's a difference between the attraction and sexuality. The Bible says in Psalm 90, verse 17, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. We're supposed to have a beauty that's inward, not necessarily something that attracts just the outward. First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. And I'm trying to hurry, so please bear with me. But First Peter chapter 3 and verse 3 and 4. Who's adorning? Talking about Sarah and the wives. Who's adorning? Let it not be the, the outward adorning of plaiting the hair, wearing a gold, putting on of apparel. It's not saying she can't wear that. It's just saying that's not the emphasis. Verse 4, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. The young girls won't understand this, but the older generation and the old men in here will understand this. As you get older, it's the inward man that's beautiful more than the outward. It's, that's the real quality. That's the one that really means the most. And that's so true. But the world says, catch their attention with your sexuality. That's outward lust and that's outward naturalistic, animalistic behavior. There's a, there's a world of difference between sexuality and real attraction. And you, I, don't, I don't recommend you watch Hollywood movies today, but if you watch a movie, that's what it's all emphasized on. That's the emphasis of it. By the way, 
before you end up seeing a, a terrible movie and you're like, oh, I can't believe, oh, you, you can tell just in the beginning of the movie if they're accentuating and they're, you can tell by the modesty and the, you don't have to wait till the bad scene because it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're already, those cameras are positioned for a reason. And, There's a young woman in our town. Years ago, she used to come to vacation Bible school. She didn't have a father. He deserted them. That poor girl was so desperate to be loved. And as she got older, she started painting herself like a billboard and dressing herself to catch the eyes of man. Well, she got what she wanted, I guess, but I'm not sure she got what she thought she was getting. And my heart breaks. I I tried so hard to get her to come to more than just vacation Bible school. And there's still hope for her. But I think she's realized that I caught this guy. And girls, here's the dirty secret. If that's how you caught him, that's how you're going to have to keep him. And all of a sudden, if he sees somebody else that's even more appealing, do you realize the insecurity that all this does for girls? The insecurity of trying to just be sexual? Oh, it's so sad. There's so much security when the beauty is inward instead of outward. There should be a beauty on the inside. Many have tried to make themselves attractive on the outside, but have used sexuality to do so. They never develop the inner man. And when the outside starts to go, and like it or not, it's going to go. They have violated God's principles of modesty, and it it won't work. It's not inward beauty when when you're godless. All you got is outward. The real attractiveness is the beauty of the inward. I don't have time to turn to these passages, but in Proverbs 7, verse 10, It says there was a woman that met him with the attire of a harlot. Well, what's the attire of a harlot? Do they did they have clothes that said harlot on the front? How do you recognize the attire of a harlot? The harlot's whole job was to catch the attention of a guy. So the attire of a harlot's not a color. It's not like a a label. It's a revealing. It's the way they're dressed. That's the attire of a harlot. Guess what? We've got the attire of a harlot walking around all over the place now because it's so normal. I told you the miniskirt, the lady who invented the miniskirt, was her name was Mary Quant. She wasn't a lady. She said that she invented the miniskirt just for this reason, just so that women could be liberated. I won't go any farther. But we're so desensitized to the nakedness and the immodesty that we don't even think about it anymore. We see our movies, if you're watching movies, and what, I didn't even happen happen to notice. That's because you're desensitized to it. You don't even think about it. And so now, human beings are going to even worse things to try to find satisfaction. Jesus said, just looking after a woman in your heart, lusting. Uh, committing adultery in your heart 
and women are actually trying to get that look. They're trying to have that look. That's what they want. And men too. The blush is gone, isn't it? Jeremiah 6. I'm almost done. Jeremiah chapter 6. Because we're so desensitized, and the Bible says our conscience is seared with a hot iron. Jeremiah 6 and verse 15. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Remember, we read abomination before. By the way, look up every time the word abomination, abomination against God. Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall. They, they're not ashamed. Verse 16, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein? You shall find rest for your souls. They said, we will not walk therein. The Bible, we read it earlier tonight in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, shame-faced, the idea of being modest or bashful versus the proud woman in Proverbs chapter 7 who has a hard face, an impudent face. It says impudent, very haughty. Have you ever watched these movies today with these women that are supposed to be the superheroes? They don't have shame-faced. They have a hard face. Haughty, proud. In fact, the women's lib is all about the woman being more dominant. And if you've ever listened to any radio commercials or TV commercials, they make the guy look like the stupid one. And the woman being the leader who knows what's needed. They have a different attire, they have a different spirit, and they have a different countenance. Bible says in Genesis 39, verse 7, that Potiphar's wife caught Joseph and with an impudent face said, come lie with me. Not a shame face. You can't say that with a shame face. This is what's happened to our nation. There's no longer any blush. You, you, you preach this message to most of the people, including a lot of Christians, and they're like, what is the big deal? What are you talking about? They're not even embarrassed anymore at what they're revealing. Sadly, this has happened to us. Standards of decency, purity, modesty, and identity are fading. What we see on the outside is only evidence of what has happened on the inside. If you're a Christian, take your stand and keep God's words, God's standards of modesty and identity in your life. Keep it. And if you don't have it or maybe never realize some of this, just say, okay, that makes sense now. I understand. I need to be modest, but I need to be distinct. If someone says, well, what if we all just wear robes? Well, then that's not distinct. It's modest, but it's not distinct. What if we all just wear long dresses? Well, that's not distinct. So we need to have the modesty, but we also need to have the distinction. And it's real obvious how to do that. And once upon a time, we all knew how to do that. I watch old TV shows or old movies, and I'm always amazed at how dressed up everybody was. It's the old picture. I mean, people just, they'd go shopping more dressed up than we do. And, and they had a decency they didn't even know they had because they, they just lived in a different time frame where there was more biblical foundation. But you all know, and some of these young ladies can tell you, I remember, I've been driving school bus for 20 years. I remember when they said, you know what, we're not going to fight the whole leotard thing anymore. My, my wife and my daughter, they have those tight things. 
but they wear them as underwear. In other words, they wear a skirt on the top or they wear some kind of a snow skirt. We still go snow skiing. We still go snowmobiling. We do all kinds of stuff. My wife and daughter, they work and do all kinds of stuff. And they just, but what's happened to the world is they just say, oh, we'll just take off the outer covering. And I don't even know why pajama day is a big deal because hardly any of them look like they're dressed down for it. I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm just saying the desensitizing that has gone on, the conditioning that has gone on has just been horrible and it's because of a lack of biblical foundation and even most churches and most pastors they're going to teach on this they're going to talk about this their wife doesn't practice it themselves and so they're just not going to it's just and so it's just gone by the wayside and i know for a fact that god honors and blesses can i say something you might say, well, but, but, but my daughter, or, or if you're a girl, but I won't attract as many guys, and I'll really lessen the number in the, of, of, the, of the pool selection of possibilities. With, if I, yeah, but you know what? You know how many duds you're going to get rid of? <laughs> you know how many guys don't want a girl that has standards? Because that means she believes something. And if she believes something, she's not going to be what I'm interested in right now. Yeah, but you know how much avoidance my daughter got out of that? She avoided a lot. It was a blessing. On top of that, it, te- it taught her to stand for something if she's going to stand for it and to, and to mean something. To, and I had people I didn't even know come up to me and say, you know what, I really appreciate your daughter. She seems to, and, and here was the thing, she seems to be modest, but she seems to not look like she's embarrassed about it. And we even have some young ladies right now that are doing that and it ain't me or anybody else in here that's making them do it that's a good thing and you know what one of the coaches teachers said to one of them one of the young ladies said well I'm just trying to do what I think I should do and I I just want to dress like a lady And, and the girl said to the teacher surely you understand that it would look odd if we had guys walking around in dresses at school and the teacher coach said, oh, I think it'd be wonderful if we had guys wearing some dresses here. And that's where we are. So we have to realize that when it comes to following the Lord, there are times when our wardrobe has to change. doesn't mean we can't have fun anymore doesn't mean you can't ride a horse or have fun and play sports. You can. They did it 100 years ago. They figured it out. You can. And this was not a connection. This is total coincidence. But just last Friday, the ladies had a Laura Ingalls Little House on the Prairie party. And it's just a reminder that this is the way it used to be in South Dakota and America. It can be done. Again, I don't know where your personal decision is on all this, but you need to have a standard. You need to you need to draw the line somewhere, and where you need to draw it is where you think God draws it. The truth is everybody has a standard because nobody came in here naked tonight. So obviously you have a standard. You think it's right to do something. 
But we need to just figure out where God's line is and draw it there. Or as close as we, and as Christians, as independent Bible-believing Christians, our lines might not be exactly the same, but they're really close because we're following the same book and we have the same Lord. And it is, it is in a lot of cases, it is the contemporary Christian movement that is laughing at all this as if this doesn't matter. And I just want to say to you that I've been around long enough to see these contemporary Christian women who laugh at me in our church and then 10 years later they're getting divorced and their daughters are marrying unsaved guys and vice versa there's something about standing for right and and God honoring that and he will he will honor it he will bless you he will bring the right person to you at the right time when you honor him when you put him first and you don't just give in to the world. I want to encourage you with that. Possibly this is more directed at women than men, but it it wasn't necessarily to be. But this is something we need to recognize. Two sides of the one coin, modesty and identity. Does it distinctly show me as female or male and does it distinctly cover as it should? Does it do what it's supposed to do? Is it doing both at the same time? I just want to make sure I'm doing both and following God's word on it. I'm over time, and so I have to stop. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for opportunity in the Bible to open up and see your mind on things. Your, your word is your logic about everything. You have an opinion on every important detail of life. <clears throat> and so help us to recognize what those things are and where you'd have us to draw the line where you'd have us to be and help us to not be ashamed or at the same time coerced but rather just convicted because of your Holy Spirit and your word help us to just use the opportunity as a witness there's the temptation to say but I won't be able to witness to people if I look weird and the truth is you already said we're peculiar people And in a world where our nation doesn't even know what a woman is, it's very comforting that we know what a woman and a man is because we know what your book says. And so help us to get back to it and to tie to the anchor and and not to drift like the world's drifting or even the Christian world is drifting. But help us to stand firm in your word Help us to love one another as, Lord, you know my heart. I love everybody. I have no animosity or or contention or issue with anyone in this room. I just want you and your Holy Spirit to guide and direct. And from the inside out, Lord, not the outside in, but from the inside out, I ask that you just slowly change us, all of us, and make us more and more like we ought to be. And And as parents, to do our children a favor and and help them to stand when they're not really wanting to. And then pray that one day it will be their choice and not just ours. And Lord, I thank you personally in our family for the protection you placed over our daughter and the protection you placed over our sons as they make choices about their girlfriends and wives. And help us to realize that this isn't this isn't a bad rule. This is actually a safety valve that helps us And most importantly, it honors and glorifies you. Help our light to shine, Lord. 
I know my wife has gone into Menards more than once, and a man in there keeps telling her, you sure do like, look very ladylike. An older man. Lord, help us to realize that the older generation misses it. The younger generation doesn't even know what they're missing. Help our light to shine and be what you'd have us to be. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.